Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Episode 43 here today on the Hooper's Log. It is CLNS Radio in the FanDuel Studios. My name is Chris here. Simo Buckets in the building. The phone number is 323-642-1558 is the number. And you already know what we're going to talk about today. It is an NBA TV Tuesday here on the 5th of 2016, January 5th, 2016. Episode 43 on the Hooper's Log. Andrew Norris is not in the building today. He may make an appearance he is very busy at work, hard at work. Um, but last night was game of the year, probably game of the year and won't be contested at all. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, a little bit of something in my throat there. Um, but the point is, is last night was one of the best games we've seen in basketball history. Um, and for those of you who, who did not catch last night or at least caught some of the highlights, we'll catch you those highlights here in a little bit. Um, but that really was the epitome of basketball last night. One versus one, the AP number one in Kansas and the coaches number one in Oklahoma in Kansas last night in in uh, in uh, in Lawrence. Unbelievable basketball game as it went to triple overtime and Kansas won one hundred nine to one hundred six. It was game of it was one of the best basketball games I've seen in a very long time. And that's going back to, uh, you know, that's even taking into consideration game seven of the first round between the Spurs and Clippers last year. This was an unbelievable basketball game. Two teams deservedly at the number one positions in both polls um, in Kansas and Oklahoma. Again, 109 to 106, Oklahoma got the victory. It was an unbelievable game. And we'll give you highlights here in a little bit. There was another couple of things that were kind of, greased over and looked upon uh, in the world of college basketball and the world of basketball last night in general. We'll get to those in a little bit, um, but first we have to get on to this NCAA game between uh, between Oklahoma and Kansas. We'll also talk about the NBA, Players of the Month, Players of the Week from last week, and Players of the Month from the month of December 2015. We'll also go through the top 10 performances in the month of December. It is a jam-packed show today. Hopefully Andrew can get on here shortly and he can get onto the show and we can talk about this game between Oklahoma and Kansas. If not, it's totally cool. We'll move on from there. Uh, Kevin Hart will get us started here in just a moment. But again, like I said, we have wipe away the performances from today, wipe away the performances from the month of December. Um, performances of the month of December of 2015, also players of the month, players of the week, and we'll recap the 10 games in the NBA that were obviously overlooked by the big one in Lawrence last night. Kevin Hart, shall we get it going? Let's get it going, Kevin Hart. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. 
clearly game of the year, probably all year, and it's only day five, day four, last night in the world of basketball. Big Monday. Uh, clearly, the new rankings had just come out, and Oklahoma was ranked number one in the in the coaches' poll. Kansas was ranked number one in the AP poll. You you had it all ready for a great matchup, and it 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 exceeded three overtime game in Kansas. Unbelievable. Here are the highlights for the next three minutes. Let's get it going. Here you go. And who is the real number one? Is it Kansas or is it Oklahoma? Three missed field goals, but OU controls it. Woodard with good hustle. But he heals a game's first field goal. Well, he's not going to miss it. Spangler usually comes up big against quality opponents. Graham pulls up and runs for five. Spangler's not a post-up player. He's more a face-to-basket player. But he healed off the dribble. Knocks down the tying three. Seems like he's been around about ten years. Ellis on the Jayhawks. Bad play. Pull it up. Knocks down he's the three ball. There's your three ball from Heel. Well, why not? Why not the store? That's what you want stores to do. And they got a lot of weapons that can shoot that three. Homer. Oh, here they come, baby. They're on fire. They're on fire. He's got to get going. He was 0 for 6, struggle. Very similar scene as the Iowa State game. Spangler on fire. Drains a tray. He has become heel. Spangler's outside. They've got to watch him when he steps out. He can stretch four, man. He can stretch the defense with his range as a shooter. Right with him. Look at Mason. Three. Hounding him. Oh, right in his face. Buddy Hills oh, fires a, a three ball. Wow. Is that a big time shot? Hey, Tom, you better move him up that list. 29. He's better than that. And Sullivan answers at the other end. Game on. Sweet. Woodard, what a huge three. He had two big threes in that first half at the end. Great timing. For the lead, and rattles it in is Woodard, and OU leads it by. Repeatable quickness. Woodard on a feed, kicks back out, but he healed. Yeah. Oh, show me a better offensive player in a major a power five-point lead. But he thought about it. Yep. And now he's right going to go for it. Deadlock. Servant just incredible. Graham. Woodard. They lead by three again. The Sooners. Loose. Latin digs it out. Here's Buddy Heels. The three. Yes. Yes. Oh, my. Oh, my. Woodard. away, but a heel fires. The Jayhawks. And I know that was a little bit chopped and screwed and a little bit off, but there's a YouTube video of that uh, on the Big 12 Network YouTube channel. Again, Kansas getting the victory 109-106 in Lawrence there to really start off uh, conference play. The two number one teams in the nation, obviously, between Kansas and Oklahoma, number one in AP poll for Kansas, 
and number one in the coaches for Oklahoma. Both teams hovering around that two spot for both for both polls as well. Obviously, Kansas at number two in the coaches poll, and Oklahoma number two in the AP poll. This this game you can't really describe in words because when you watch the overtime period, there were three of them. Each each overtime period, you started to see guys starting to shoot balls further and further away from the basket because guys were getting so tired and couldn't quite get to the rim and couldn't quite get the legs underneath them to do what they wanted to do. And you saw a team in Oklahoma just battle. Look, this was a three-point victory for Kansas, but let's be honest for a split second when we talk about this ball game. This could have gone either way both times, multiple times in multiple overtime periods. Oklahoma was up by multiple possessions, Late in, the, late in the second overtime, late in the first overtime, late, late in the third overtime, and Kansas found a way to battle. And every time Kansas took a big lead, Oklahoma found a way to come back. This wasn't just a, you know, back and forth, you know, one team makes a shot, the other team makes a shot. There were times where that occurred. But for the most part, this was, a, this, this was an unbelievable performance by both teams from the standpoint of it was back and forth, there were times where teams went on runs. There were times where teams got to the free throw line and made their free throws. Times where guys missed their free throws. Untimely turnovers for both teams. The one scenario where you can say in the third overtime and even in the, I think in the second overtime, there were two or three turnovers that Kansas got the ball at the correct moment and they made big time plays. That was when the, that was the difference in the entire ball game. But on the whole, you really can't knock anything from this game. These, there are two whiteboard-worthy performances and definitely a star-worthy performance in Buddy Heald last night. Uh, 68 for Buddy Heald, 46 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists in the losing effort for Oklahoma for Buddy Heald. The most points scored against Kansas, in Kansas, uh, since 1961-62. When a guy named Mark, or excuse me, Mike Roblowski, I don't know what team he played for, I don't really care, against Kansas visiting players since 1961-62 was the last time someone scored 46 in Kansas. Think about that. And then you had guys like Randy Rutherford, Anthony Peeler in the, in the, in the early to mid-90s who scored 45 and 43. But Buddy Heald had 46 in this one, and this guy went off. He was an unbelievable display of performance. Now, NBA presence-wise, did he look like a guy who could come in and play in the NBA now? No. He looks like a guy who can come into the NBA and, and just shoot the ball with the best of them. But he doesn't look like a guy who's necessarily going to dominate scoring. He might come in and play five to eight minutes of ball game right now in the NBA and give you a spark, but he's nothing impressive. But when it comes to the college game, a bona fide, legitimate superstar in the game of college basketball right now, Buddy Heald, and he was un—I mean, unconscious. Eight three-pointers in this one. Again, uh, Perry Ellis also had a whiteboard worthy performance: twenty-seven points, thirteen rebounds, and three assists. Um, a game that really cannot be described in any sort of circumstances. Again, Buddy Heald shot over fifty percent from the three-point line: eight of fifteen. 12 of 14 from the from the free throw line, uh, eight rebounds, seven assists for Buddy Heald. He really dominated for this team. Jordan Woodard also had an outstanding game for Oklahoma. Both guys, Buddy Heald played 54 minutes in this one. Jordan Woodard played 50. Jordan Woodard, I, I believe, fouled out at one point late in the ball game. 27 points, 
seven assists, four rebounds for Jordan Woodard, an outstanding game. Um, another game for Kansas, a couple other guys, Devontae Graham, a guard for, for, uh, for Kansas, uh, Wayne Selden, obviously a big time pro prospect. He had 21 points in this one as well. Um, Frank Mason, the third, 15 points, six assists, seven rebounds. Like I mentioned, Perry Ellis, these, these two teams, I don't know if we're going to see a better game than this over the next two or three years. I don't know how we can, how can you two teams ranked in the top one? in both polls, and they took it to triple overtime in an instant classic in Allen Fieldhouse. I, I don't know what else you want to say. I don't know what else you need me to say, but if you need to see highlights and if you haven't seen them yet, you got a little bit of a snippet from me in the ESPN version, but you seriously need to check out the highlights either on SportsCenter, Fox Sports 1, whatever outlet you use, check it out. An unbelievable game in Lawrence last night. That's all i got to say. Behind the scenes um, – Outside of that one ball game in the world of college basketball, we had Virginia in Virginia Tech. Virginia loses in an ACC upset. Virginia Tech getting the win, 70-68. to 68. Uh, Virginia Tech not even ranked. Virginia ranked fourth in the country, losing in that one. Clearly two teams losing in the top five last night. Um, but obviously I think Oklahoma and Kansas aren't going to go anywhere when it comes to their top rankings in the world of college basketball. Tonight in the world of college basketball, one game to watch. There's no no, no – no major game like Oklahoma and Kansas, but when it comes to a, a watchable thing on ESPN, an SEC battle, number nine, uh, Kentucky playing at LSU. Clearly you're going to watch for Ben Simmons to see what he can do against a, uh, a gigantic conference, or excuse me, a gigantic program in Kentucky. Kentucky's favored by four. I'd take Kentucky to win the game big, but I think, I think Ben Simmons' performance is what we're all here to watch because this guy is the number one t- player in the NBA draft coming up for 2016. So, again, college basketball dominated by what happened in Oklahoma and Kansas. I apologize if my thing cuts out during the show, if my if my sound cuts right. out. Yeah, Ollie, I know. If it cuts out, I apologize in advance uh, because it's bound to happen sooner than later. Um, and if it does, I, I, am, I am truly, truly deeply sorry on that front. But, again, college basketball dominated by the best game in the world. I wish I had Andrew here with me. The moment he comes on the show, we will get him in and we'll talk about this game because it was uh it was insane. It was absolutely insane. There's no other way to put it. And this is only January, people. If this was March, can you imagine the magnitude of this game if this was a uh final four game or a national championship game? This this would have been the greatest game we've ever seen. Now it's it's already I believe in my opinion for what I've seen in basketball, this is a top ten game I've ever seen. And that's saying a lot. I've seen a lot of games. And considering the performance output by both teams, not just Kansas winning the ball game, but both teams, it was unprecedented and something I've never seen in the likelihood of sports. It was insane. It was incredible, an incredible display of athleticism, uh, at, you know, sport, you name it. I can't really, again, can't really put into words how great of a ball game this truly was last night on the 4th of January twenty. 16. Let's get into the NBA. Players of the week last week, Draymond Green. Uh, if you want to call in and talk about the Kansas-Oklahoma game, please feel free to do so. 323-642-1558 is the number here in the FanDuel studios. Again, if you're listening to the Apple Podcast app, you've got to listen to a little bit of the highlights there, um, and you got to listen to a little bit of what you, know, what you got to hear in the game last night. It was, oh man, it was, again, Unbelievable. Words can't describe the game 
how it was last night. Um, NBA, 10 games on the, on the docket, but first, obviously, players of the week, Grim on green. He, he, he's had three straight triple-doubles now, uh, especially going into last night. He had a tri- another triple-double. Not a big one. 13 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists, two blocks, and a victory over the uh, – in a victory over the um, – who they beat last night? They beat the uh, the the Hornets, one eleven to one hundred one. The Warriors did, but Draymond Green won Player of the Week last week again. He had a fifty on the whiteboard performance scale, thirteen points, fifteen rebounds, ten assists, triple double with two blocks. D on the whiteboard performance scale, and the Golden State Warriors are now thirty two and two on this season. Thirty four games in, they have thirty two victories. They're seventeen and zero at home. It, 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 I'm telling you, this is turning into a two team race now. Obviously, the Spurs won last night, one twenty three to ninety eight over the Bucks. 30 and 6 of the San Antonio Spurs, 32 and 2 of the Warriors. It is an insane display of what of what to expect um both from both these teams night in and night out. And I'm telling you, they're on a collision course to play here in a couple of weeks um in a big time game to really decide who really is the team to beat in the Western Conference. We're not quite there yet, but things are starting to weed weed themselves out. We're seeing a team in the Warriors and the Spurs really come onto a collision course here who could both have a combined most games won by the time we get to that game sometime in late January when both teams play. Uh, and again, Draymond Green winning player of the week in uh, in the Western Conference. Brooke Lopez getting player of the week as well. Obviously, he's lost. he lost a guy in uh, Jarrett Jack to an ACL injury. Thaddeus Young had a wiper-worthy performance last night as the Nets didn't quite – they couldn't quite beat the Celtics. Celtics getting their 19th victory of the season, 103-94 over the Brooklyn Nets. Um, they avenged their they avenged their game from earlier. The Celtics again we get in the victory. They're now nineteen and fifteen. That Eastern Conference is just absolutely packed. In uh, it is just absolutely loaded when it comes to uh, teams playing for you know for for a spot in the Eastern Conference. I mean it is crazy. Think about this, people. I mentioned it yesterday, but between the Bulls and the Magic, it is now one game different. Obviously Miami has a win. They won last night. Atlanta twenty one. Uh, Toronto twenty one. And uh, Miami has 21 wins, and then you have to mention Cleveland has 23 as well. We'll, we'll break down the rest of this, the, the 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 games here in a little bit. But Orlando has 19 wins, and they're out of a playoff spot. While Indiana, Boston, and Detroit all have 19 wins as well. It's close. It is real close right now. And the way Charlotte and Washington and New York have been playing, they're slowly starting to distance themselves away from that conversation of being a playoff team. Now, can they still do it? Absolutely. They're only three games out with half a season to go. They're, they're totally fine. They're totally within reach of doing something. If they go on the run, they can get it done. But Orlando through Chicago is all separated by one, one and a half game. It's insane. I mean, it is just crazy to see how close it is in the Eastern Conference. And I feel like it's going to be this way for the entire year. But Brooke Lopez got player of the week last week. His team didn't quite get the victory. They're now 10-24. and 24. It's getting to the point where maybe we can't talk about this team contending in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. They're nine games back of a potential playoff spot. Again, Thaddeus Young, wiper-worthy performance last night at 51, 23 points, 15 rebounds, two assists, and two blocks in that one as he gets the victory, or as he gets the wiper-worthy performance. Not the victory, but he gets the wiper-worthy performance for the Nets last night. Players of the Month in December 2015. Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant combined get it in the Western Conference for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Clearly, both those guys have been carrying their squad to games lately. They didn't get it done last night against the Kings as the Kings dominated over the Thunder. George Carl passes Phil Jackson fifth all-time in wins after the victory last night. And Sacramento wins over the Oklahoma City Thunder in Oklahoma City, 116-104. to Clearly, Kevin Durant didn't play in this one. 
Uh, Russell Westbrook had a wipe worthy performance. 17 points, 15 assists, 8 rebounds for a 55 on the wipe worthy performance scale. But DeMarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo went off in this one. DeMarcus Cousins, 33 points, 19 rebounds, 2 blocks, a 63 in the new wipe worthy performance scale, which I feel like is perfect considering 33 and 19 is a dominating performance. That is craziness from DeMarcus Cousins right there. And then Rajon Rondo, 65 on the wipe worthy performance, uh, 13 points, 19 assists, five steals, and nine rebounds. An absolutely magical game from Rajon Rondo in that one. Three wipe-away performances in that game. But again, the, the, the Thunder, they need every ounce of Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook just to stay relevant. 24-11 and 11, as of right now. The, the, the Oklahoma City Thunder are still a four spot in the Western Conference. They're a couple games up on the Los Angeles Clippers, but they're also five games back five and a half games back of the San Antonio Spurs uh, for that second spot. So they're kind of hovering around that mediocrity area. They're seven and three in their last 10 games, which is not bad. It's pretty good actually. Uh, but considering, you know, the Spurs and Warriors are just light years ahead of everybody else. And the Clippers and Thunder are basically the team B's of the, of the conference. They're really just kind of hovering around to stay relevant and, and, and in a playoff discussion because Outside of Oklahoma City and, and the Clippers, I mean, Dallas is way behind. The Memphis Grizzlies are way behind. They got about a week. They're about a week behind them. Houston is still under 500, and they're they're finding a way to stay in the playoff race. Utah as well is under 500, but they're still playing good enough. The, the, the West is really just dominated by two teams right now, and it's San Antonio, Golden State. Clearly, the Thunder. I mean, if you lose to a team like the like the Kings, who are are talented as all get up. But, come on, Oklahoma City has enough talent and enough depth where they should dominate teams like the Kings. And if you get beat like this in Oklahoma City by 12 to a team that, I mean, again, I know DeMarcus Cousins went off. I know Rajon Rondo went off. But you got to have a better performance than that, whether you have KD or not. Russell Westbrook knows that he can win games like this. Uh, Kevin Durant was out apparently with a sprained toe, uh, but apparently he should be back. It looks like he's doubtful to play coming up tonight, but uh, apparently – uh, he, he's he's not feeling well enough to play. And, 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 and Andrew and I mentioned this coming into the season. Uh, Kevin Durant and big guys who generally don't have – who don't stay healthy have an issue uh, with staying healthy. When, when they have foot problems, they have an issue with staying healthy. And that's what we're starting to see from Kevin Durant as time moves forward. But clearly those two guys getting players of the month in the month of December of 2015 – uh, without their presence, I'm telling you, I don't think Oklahoma City would be where they're at. I mean, clearly, Russell Westbrook's an MVP candidate. Uh, Kevin Durant has won the MVP in the past. These two guys really carry this team right now, and unfortunately, that shouldn't be the case because of the talent they have on this team. But, I mean, without their presence and how they run their squad, it's it's, it's de- desperately needed that those two guys are there. So, uh, kudos to them for getting uh, Western Conference Players of the Month. Guess who got Eastern Conference Player of the Month? Granted, his team has not been playing great as of late. I mean, they were playing great about a week ago, and then all of a sudden they kind of fell back into, 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 into mediocrity. But the Washington Wizards' John Wall got Player of the Week in the Eastern Conference for December 2015. Fantastic stuff. Um, fantastic stuff for him there as the uh, – as the uh, Washington Wizards still are only 15 and 17, they're they're four or five games out of a playoff spot. But uh, without John Wall's presence, his performances over the month have been unbelievable. I'm telling you, he should have won Player of the Week multiple times in the month of December with his performances. Now, granted, his performances didn't necessarily lead to wins all the time, 
but the guy has just been playing off his rocker when it comes to his ability to uh, dish the ball, find his players, make his teammates better. Look, Marcin Gortat won player of the week during Christmas week for a reason. Uh, John Wall was setting him up perfectly. John Wall is really the heart and soul of that basketball squad. And I know, I know Bradley Beal hasn't been playing outstanding as of late, but that John Wall guy, I'm telling you, I, I've been talking about him the last couple of weeks and why he shouldn't have been player of the week or player of the week multiple times, and finally he gets his due as getting player of the month in the Eastern Conference. Um, so those are your those are your performance those are your uh, your your uh, awards of the week and of the month. We're gonna get to the top ten performances at the end of the show, but let's break down the rest of these games for you real quick in the NBA that happened. Last night, not much to talk about in the, on the docket in the world of the NBA tonight. So we'll just re- recap some of these games real quick for you. The Cavaliers beat the Raptors last night, 122 to 100. The Raptors dropped to 21 and 15, still in the middle portion of the Eastern Conference, playing outstanding basketball. But the Cavs are proving why they're still at the top of their top of their conference. Kyrie Irving coming out, 25.6 rebounds, eight assists, really his best game of the year. Considering the guy was hurt the first couple of months of the year, he came back with a vengeance, and his performance was crucial in this one as the Cavaliers dominated the Raptors in Cleveland, going to 23-9 and now, 15-1 and at home. Talk about the Spurs and Warriors at home. Look, the Cavaliers at 15-1 and at home is still no joke of a thing. The 76ers get a victory. People, the 76ers won a ball game. Yes, you know what that means? Yes. That means they won a ball game. They're now four. They won four games now. The Philadelphia 76 is getting a victory last night. They're now four and 33. Philadelphia gets the victory. They win 109 to 99 over the Minnesota Timberwolves. And a guy named Ish Smith is back at it. He had a white ball last night. Ish Smith. Ish Smith got a wiper-worthy performance of a 50, 21 points, 11 assists, 4 rebounds, and 3 steals, putting him up there in the wiper-worthy performance scale, getting another victory for the Philadelphia 76ers. Look, remember, at one point they were 1-30. and 30. Now they're three and thirty-three or 4-33. They have gone 3-3 three and three in their last six ball games. Uh, they have found a way to stay relevant and stay find a way to hover in that Eastern Conference where they clearly could not, you know, they could not compete the first 31 games of the season. But now, finally, they're back in it, and they're and they're and they're talking. They're they're being talked about again as potentially not being the worst team. Granted, the Lakers won last night. The Lakers have now have eight victories. The Los Angeles Lakers have eight victories on the season. Uh, they won last night, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. If it wasn't last night, it was the night before. They didn't play last night. So my mistake, the Lakers won last night. They're now in out of eight victories. The Philadelphia 76ers are right behind them with four victories. Um, again, good stuff from the Philadelphia 76ers getting a victory last night, uh, beating the Timberwolves, getting their fourth victory of the season. I mentioned the Celtics and Nets earlier. Pistons destroyed the Magic 115-89. to Contavious Caldwell-Pope had the game of the night for them, 21.6 rebounds and a couple of assists. But the Pistons did what they were supposed to do, and the Magic are looking like they're back to, back to normal. They're, they're one game out of a playoff spot at 19-16, and 16, and the Pistons hold the tiebreaker clearly winning last night, and they're 19-16 and 16 as well, holding on to an eighth spot in the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference looks like basically from the bottom half down to about the 9-10 uh, spot is going gonna, is gonna to hover all season long. 
And so when we talk about these games between Pacers, Celtics, Pistons, Magic, um, obviously Toronto, a couple of these other teams, you're gonna, it's going to be a big game every night because each of these teams have a legit chance of getting into the postseason, not doing much probably, but getting in and competing. And that's a big-time thing considering the way the Pistons have been playing lately. Andre Drummond being touted as potentially being a all-star in, in the Eastern Conference. He should be. He's a top-three center, in my opinion, in the NBA with the way he's been playing. Um, and knowing that and winning the ballgame the way they did last night against the Magic, proving why that the, the, the Detroit Pistons are coming back to the fruition like they were early on in the season. The Heat getting the victory over the Pacers in overtime. Again, another big-time matchup there. Uh, you know, former back-to-back uh, teams uh, playing in the Eastern Conference in the early 2010s uh, here in this decade, current decade that we're in. The Heat getting the victory 103-100. to The Heat win their 21st game of the year. The Pacers fall to 19-15, and still hovering within a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. Paul George had an outstanding performance, 32.7 rebounds, two assists, not quite a wipe away the performance. Chris Bosh as well, 31 points. 11 rebounds and an assist, standing by both of those players there. Unfortunately, the Heat getting the victory, though, over the Indiana Pacers, but a big-time game there uh, by both of those players. Not quite wipe worthy but fantastic nonetheless. Uh, again, I mentioned the Spurs dominating the Bucks, a 25-point victory, 123-98 over the Bucks last night. Kawhi Leonard at 24 points again, an outstanding performance by him. And the Kings beating the Thunder, like I mentioned earlier, the Rockets, Barely getting a victory over the Jazz, 93-91. to Again, the Rockets just hanging in there, just hanging in there. Not really being impressive, but doing just enough to get the victory. James Harden, 30 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists. Not quite a whiteboard-worthy performance. A very close one, but he got 30 points in the effort, and they got the victory there in Utah. The Grizzlies had a big-time whiteboard-worthy performance by Zach Randolph. 26 points, 18 rebounds, 3 assists, a 59 on the whiteboard-worthy performance scale. As the Grizzlies dominate the Trailblazers last night, 91 to 78. Clearly, the lack of size by, by the uh, by the Trailblazers was uh, obvious in this one. As the Memphis Grizzlies dominated in this victory, as they go to 19 and 17, hang around in the Western Conference as a potential playoff bidder. Again, a lot happened last night. San Antonio winning their fifth straight game. Draymond Green getting his third straight triple double. He is only one of five players have three straight triple-doubles in the last 20 seasons. I believe Jason Kidd, Russell Westbrook, uh, there's a couple of other players on that list that have just been outstanding when it comes to the game, uh, you know, the way they've been playing. And um, it's it, it, this is this is turning into the month where I've mentioned, and I'm going to mention it again, this is, this is separation month. This is the month where you start to see the NBA mold into what it's supposed to be, which is why you start seeing all these promotions and things of that nature for the NBA in late January of what we're expecting to see from each of these teams. Because once you get past that midway point in January and you get to the late portions of January, you pretty much know what you have, and the only difference will be a late run in the season that could get you back to fruition. The Eastern Conference is clearly a 10-deep, 11-deep conference right now team uh, 10, 11 team deep conference right now. And the Western conference is looking like two powerhouses with a couple of teams right behind them hovering along, but it's, that's what it's starting to look like here in the NBA in 2015, 2016. Okay. Performances of the month last month. We'll get to those in a little bit, but let's preview what's to happen tonight. First of all, I mentioned that I was going to preview a football game, uh, a playoff game per day. Uh, up until the weekend, and today we're gonna I'm gonna preview Kansas City 
at Houston. This is the game that's on ESPN, the first game of the playoffs next weekend coming up here for the first weekend of the NFL playoffs. I want to preview this game real quick. Clearly, Andrew's not here, but I want to talk about it before I get off the air. Kansas City and Houston in Houston. Look, both these teams are not good enough to win a championship this year. They're not going to. And, and first of all, both of these teams can easily lose this game. It's a very evenly matched game, but whoever wins is going to have to wait to see who plays, who wins the game between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Look, if Kansas City wins this game and they go to, they go to Denver, look, I don't think they're going to win. If they go to uh, New England, I don't think they're going to win. Houston, if they win, whoever they play in the next round, they're not going to win. It's not going to happen. But who I think is going to win, look, Kansas City has won 10 straight ball games ever since they started one and five or five or, 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 uh, or what was it? Oh, and five or whatever they have won. They have rattled off 10 straight ball games and they played unbelievable football. It's eventually going to end JJ Watt. Uh, the, the Houston Texans are more than talented enough on the offensive side of the ball to compete with anybody in the, in the NFL. Both these teams defensively are fantastic, but, but something about the Houston Texans are just outstanding this year. I think the Houston Texans will get the victory in this one, considering they'll be at home because they won their division. And I think considering how hot the Kansas City Chiefs have been, they can win this game. Both these teams can win this game. But when it comes to the overall talent and the matchups provided, the Houston Texans have the capability to more than dominate this game. And honestly, I think with the way that that team's been playing, the Houston Texans, they've been kind of under the radar, playing in one of the worst divisions of the year this year in the world of, in the, world of the NFL I think the Houston Texans will come out and get the victory. Um, but honestly, it all comes down to who dominates the, the, the front line. And with J.J. Watt and the rest of that defense in Houston, I think they're going to dominate more than we think. And I think Kansas City is going to challenge Houston offensively as well. But I think the problem is, is Kansas City on the offensive side of the ball can't match what J.J. Watt brings to the rest of that team in Houston. And I think overall, Houston's going to get the victory. It's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be like a 23-17 ball game. Houston's going to get the victory and uh, they're going to move on and play whoever they play, which is either Denver or uh, New England. And we'll figure that out after the Pittsburgh and Cincinnati game, which I will preview for you tomorrow on the Wednesday show on the 6th of uh, January on the episode 44 edition here on the Hoopers Log. So I wanted to give you that preview real quick because obviously everyone's jazzed up for the NFL coming up here over the next uh, couple of weeks uh, during the weekend. Okay. Uh, Games tonight in the NBA. It's an NBA TV Tuesday. Uh, clearly in the NBA, we've got some games on here on the 5th of January 2016. There's four games. Knicks at Hawks. Hawks are favored by eight. I don't think the Hawks are going to win by eight points. I think the Knicks are actually going to win tonight. Take the, take the Knicks plus the eight. I think they'll get the victory. Bucks and Bulls. Again, Bulls have been playing outstanding as of late. Jimmy Butler obviously playing out of his mind. The Bulls are favored by eight points with how well how bad the Bucks played last night. I think they're going to bounce back and play a little bit better. They don't play very well on the road. They're five and 15 on the road are the Bucks, and the Bulls are, are pretty good at home. They're, they're 14 and five. They're not a bad team at all at home. I think the Bulls are going to, are going to struggle a little bit. They'll get the victory, but I think the Bulls, We'll struggle a little bit, and the Bulls will keep, and the Bucks will keep this close. Take the Bucks plus the eight points. I think they'll keep it closer than people think. Um, also, you have the Kings at Mavericks. The Kings played an outstanding game last night in uh, Oklahoma City. They're going to head south to Dallas, and I think Dallas is going to is going to play a little bit better in this one. And considering they have more size than the Oklahoma City Thunder right now, I think the Mavericks will find a way to get the victory. They're, they're favored by five and a half. Take the Mavericks in the five and a half. I think they'll get the victory there. Warriors at Lakers. Again, Warriors going for the 33rd victory 
of the season. They In their first 35 games, they could probably have the most wins in their first 35 games in NBA history if they win tonight. Lakers are 8-27. and They're still not a very good team. Kobe Bryant, I mean, again, Kobe at Kobe and Staples Center, if you're going to go watch him, go watch him. But I think the Warriors are going to dominate in this one. The Warriors are favored by 13. Take the 13. Steph Curry should be back. Uh, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green could potentially get his fourth triple-double in a row, and it could happen. So, Take the Warriors plus the 13. Those are your four NBA games tonight. That's the second game. The Warriors and Lakers in Staples Center is the second game of the NBA TV games. Milwaukee at Chicago is the first of the NBA TV games, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, and then 7.30 p.m. Pacific, 10.30 p.m. Eastern on NBA TV, Warriors and Lakers in that one. Top 10 performances of the month of December 2015. I got them right here. I got them right here in front of me. And if you're not excited, I don't know what else there is to be excited for. Again, we've got about eight minutes left in the show. Fly through these games. Number 10, top 10 performances of the month of December 2015 in the NBA. Russell Westbrook, number 10. Who's, who's shocked? No one's shocked. I don't think anyone's shocked to hear Russell Westbrook on the top 10 performances of the month of December. Now, this is the only performance he had in the top 10, and the only reason he's number 10 is because he's Russell Westbrook, and Russell Westbrook's probably going to be in the top 10 performances of the year because it's Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, 65 on the whiteboard with the performance scale, New Year's Eve, 36 points, 12 assists, 5 steals, uh, ho-hum. You know, it's a ho-hum performance by Russell Westbrook. Nothing amazing, but that's Russell Westbrook, and it's a 65, and it's an unbelievable game by him. Still, I mean, not, not by his standards, but by the NBA, that's pretty incredible. 36, 12, and 5 is an unbelievable game. Five of those would be the steals. It's crazy stuff. Number nine, John Wall. Number six, he had a 65 as well in the whiteboard worthy performance scale. On the 2nd of December, he had a 34-point, 11 assists, 7 rebounds, 2 steals performance, a 65 on the whiteboard worthy performance scale. Look, 34.7 assists. And the seven rebounds is really what got it for me. I mean, that's that's three rebounds shy of a triple-double. It's an outstanding performance by him. Number eight, Paul George on the 12th of January – excuse me, on the 12th of December, 2015. He also had a 65, but he had 26 – oh, excuse me, Paul George. Excuse me, Paul George. I'm looking at John Walls. On the 5th of December – excuse me, number eight. This is number eight out of the top ten. Paul George. 65 on the whiteboard, the performance scale, 48 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, and 3 steals on December 5th, 2015. Number 8, dominating. When you have 48 points, you're going to get a high praise from me. Now, John Wall was number 7, 65 on the whiteboard, the performance scale as well, 26 points, 16 assists, 5 rebounds, and 2 blocks. The reason why that was so impressive, that was on the 12th of December. The reason why that was so impressive is 16 assists automatically gets you into the whiteboard with the performance scale. But then on the fact that he also had 26 points along with his 16 assists, and he had 2 blocks as a point guard, that guy was flying all over the court, getting his teammates involved, and playing tough defense on the other side of the ball. Unbelievable stuff by a point guard to get 2 blocks with his five rebounds. Again, five rebounds short of a triple-double, and it would have been an insane triple-double because it was 26 points and 16 assists with the double-double by itself. A crazy game by John Wall on the 12th of December. Number six, Andre Drummond. And this was before we made the adjustment with the new, with the new rules in our uh, wipe away the performances. Think about this. 33 points on the, 18th of, on the 18th of December, a week before Christmas. 
33 points, 21 rebounds, three assists, three steals, and two blocks. If we would have implemented the new scale, which would have added 10 more points, Andre Drummond would have had a 75 on the whiteboard worthy performance scale because you add uh, overtime bonus to every after 10 rebounds. When you get 10 rebounds and you have 20 plus points, you get five. When you get 12, you get you get six. So you see what I'm saying there? You get, you get 14, you get seven. So if you have 21 rebounds, you automatically get 10 more. So he had a 65 at number six, but it should have been a 75 on the new scale. So the new scale would have given him a 75, which would have given him the number one performance in the month of December. But considering we still use the old scale, it's number six. So either way, a top six performance by a guy in Andre Drummond in the month of December of 2015. LeBron James gets number five. A 66 on the whiteboard worthy performance scale, 33 points on the 17th on the 17th of December, 33 points, 11 assists, nine rebounds, one rebound shy of a triple double, two steals, in Cleveland in a 104-100 victory over the Oklahoma City Thunder, a big time victory there and a big time performance by LeBron James as he gets the victory and a near triple double in that one with a 66 on the whiteboard worthy performance scale. That's number five. Steph Curry at number four. 67 on the whiteboard with the performance scale, 38 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, and 2 steals. He was 2 assists shy of a triple-double with on the 11th of December. A big-time performance there by Steph Curry getting a 67 on the whiteboard with the performance scale. Number 3 is Mark Gasol. He also had a 67, but again, if this would have been the new scale, Mark Gasol would have had a 73 because he had 38 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, and four blocks on the 1st of December. On the 1st of the month, on the 1st of the month, Marcus Saul had a whiteboard-worthy performance, an unbelievable game by a big man. Before we implemented the new system, it would have been a 73 if you added in the new scale. Uh, so that's an unbelievable game by Marcus Saul. Number two, who I have as the most improved player in the NBA, no debate, no doubt about it, C.J. McCollum. On the 27th of January of December, excuse me, 27th of December, two days after Christmas, he put in a pr- Christmas present for the Portland Trailblazers like no other. A near triple-double, 35 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists, and 4 steals, a 68 on the whiteboard the performance scale, an unbelievable, un- unexpected performance by C.J. McCollum, number two in December of 2015. Number one performance of the month of, of, the month of December in 2015. On the 2nd of December 2015, Reggie Jackson, yes, you better believe it, 34 points, 16 assists, and 3 rebounds. Look, 34 and 16 is bonkers by itself. That is, that is bananas. Like, getting 16 assists, that's automatically like 32 points of, of, of points by itself. And then you add 34, that's like 65 points, 66 points minimum of productivity by one player on a team. Reggie Jackson, an unbelievable performance, 34 points, 16 assists, and three rebounds. On December 2nd, 2015, a 69 on the whiteboard with performance. That is your top 10 performances of the month of December in 2015. So that is your show for today. Episode 43 is in the books. We are going to be out of here. We got about a minute left on the show. Again, if you enjoyed today's show, listen again tomorrow. Episode 44, hopefully we got Andrew on the show. If not, we'll take it away. 
There's four games tonight in the NBA, one game to watch in college basketball between Kentucky and LSU. Outside of that, there's not really much going on. We'll have a big-time show for you tomorrow. We'll talk about what's going on, the hot news in the world of basketball, and we'll keep you updated. One thing before we go. One thing before we go, though. One thing I forgot to mention. Alfred Payton last night, he missed his first game of his career against the Detroit Pistons last night. Talk about a tough guy, a guy coming out playing every single day. That's some good stuff. The guy's been in the league for over a year, almost a year and a half, and he finally only missed his first game. Outstanding stuff from Alfred Payton. Episode 43 is in the books. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Episode 44 tomorrow, Wednesday, on a ESPN Wednesday, January 6, 2016. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day, people.